bless you for doing that. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Our Father in heaven is very good to us all the time. Amen. Praise God. You know, we have been talking about uh, just the core values of what we want to be as a church and who we are. And it was amazing tonight because about an hour, a little bit before an hour, we were standing back in the back of the sanctuary, a group of us, and we were talking, and a young lady came in and she said, man, I'm just glad to be here. And she was talking about how her work day had been a little tough, but she said that sometimes even driving down the road, she gets to look up and see the church, and it just stirs her joy. And she said, when we got to come to church tonight, she said, I was just thankful for my family of faith, and I just want to thank you guys. You're encouraging here. You're, you people are a blessing here. And so she was really excited. And I was excited about that because that should be our goal. Uh, I want you to know something that we have no idea exactly why God made the church the way he did and the sanctuary and how he called it and the gifts he put in it, which includes all of us. But we do know this, our father from heaven, when the Lord went up, Jesus said that one thing he did is as he ascends, he released gifts into the church and he made a church so that we could have a family of faith and a safe place. Amen. And here we believe in being a family and we believe in relationships and we absolutely believe in the fact that rescue is a part of our responsibility. Say amen. amen. I'm telling you that the Lord declares for us that the Bible says this, that upon your salvation you become a brand new creature and becoming a brand new creature, the Bible says that not only are you an ambassador, which means you represent the Lord, but it says that you are a reconciler, which means that your whole job after your salvation is that you help restore people to the same faith, love, and the goodness of the relationship of Jesus Christ that you have. Amen. You know, I want you to know that we've just been here at the church here fasting and praying the last couple days, and uh, we were meeting with pastor and fasting for the church and for our families and for all these responsibilities. And one thing that we were talking about is the very fact that your faith being released immediately makes room for someone else. See, the whole idea of the Lord saving you is not just to rescue your life and send you to heaven, but you know, he's expecting you to make room for your own personal family, then you got friends that you can make room for, and really God is expecting you to live your life in such a way that long after you are gone to heaven, there is a legacy that every generation after us gets the opportunity to live in, amen? I'm telling you that you will never find in the Bible where someone got saved, they begin to pursue God, and it only impacted their life. In fact, every time in the Bible, I'll tell you what, when someone got stirred up to follow God, it resulted in the fact that other people came and other people got set free. I love it because when the Levites touched the Jordan, it says that the minute that the Levite, the people that were leading in the praise and worshipers and the priests of God, the minute their feet would touch the river and it began to open up it wasn't just them that went forward they made room for everybody to come forward amen so i want you to know something that as we talk about this tonight i specifically want to talk about our commitment to rescue others see i want you to know that whether you recognize it or not 
right now, you are a connection point to someone else's salvation. And it was amazing because tonight I was sitting in an office and I was studying and getting myself ready. And as I sat there, a gentleman that was on the fast came in and he had his son with him. And he said, hey, are you ready? And I said, oh, I'm getting there. And I just looked at him and I said, hey, can your son come and pray for me? And I asked him to come and pray. And he was seven years old and he came up behind me and he just grabbed me and put his hand right behind my back of my head. And he just asked the Lord to bless me and encourage me and strengthen me and help me speak the word of judgment tonight. <laughs> and I got to tell you something. Then he just embraced me and gave me a hug. And right away I thought, whether that father knows it or not, he's rescued his son already from a life of abuse, a life of wrong, a life of hate, because when that young man was hugging me at seven years old, I felt the confidence he had with his father right there to be able to reach towards someone else's life. And I'm just telling you that we have no idea what our potential is until we tap into those things that God has given us. And I want you to know that you're not here just to sit here and just to be a part of something I was thinking about when Ashley was speaking about how we might be a toe or a hand, but I want you to know that your life is important and right now you are enough. You know, the Bible says that the Lord Jesus Christ was with his disciples and he was just filled with compassion when he saw people scattered and stuff. And it says that in Matthew chapter 9, it says, Jesus, then saith he, Jesus, to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And in verse 38, this really compelled me because the Lord said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You know, the Lord didn't say, hey, I'm praying that laborers would be sent because we know he was already doing that. The Lord looked at his disciples, the people most closest to them, and he said, hey, pray ye. Hmm. See, right now, sometimes we're always looking at our pastor and we're always looking at everybody else and we want to be a part of the church, but we want it to be everybody else's responsibility to build the kingdom for us and to make a place for me. But I want you to know something that in all honesty, the Lord is looking at you and asking you to rise up and be who you are. See, your voice is enough. Who you are in your life is enough. And I promise you that if you would reach for us, listen, I'm preaching tonight, and I know that you feel the anointing on me, but understand, my anointing's not here by myself. It's really from those men that was with me and from that seven-year-old young son that laid his hands on me tonight. And I will tell you that if at seven years old he can strengthen me, just imagine what you could do if you get beyond yourself and touch the life of someone else. Someone is needing your rescue. Someone is needing a phone call. I can tell you, oftentimes, we were with a young man in the fast, and he said, you know, I wanted to make room to get here, but I have been in a busy season. I even had to miss work. I had to miss church for work, and I was really frustrated. And he said, but what strengthened me is that someone came up to me and said, hey, I've missed you, 
And I know that you've been challenged at work and all these things, but I'm telling you, God's with you. And he said it was powerful because nobody said, where have you been? <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples, pray ye therefore. And I want you to know that sometimes we don't recognize the fact that the Lord was inviting his disciples to say, hey, I need you to join with me. I was thinking about the update for PDM about souls being saved, and then I was thinking about right here in the church, and I thought, hey, you know, I want to remind us tonight that as our awesome pastors are not here tonight, I want to remind you tonight that we're having an anointed service because you guys chose to be here and you are releasing something into the atmosphere that's creating an atmosphere for the Lord to work. And I want to tell you, thank you for being a body of Christ that's helping rescue people. But I also want to challenge us to go a little further. Do you know one of the times that the Bible says that Jesus rejoiced in his spirit? You can just read it in Luke chapter 10. It's when he saw the progress beyond his own disciples. Because it's when he anointed the 70 and he sent them out and they came back with reports. I want you to know that in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, it says that Jesus rejoiced with joy in his spirit and thanked his father of the greatness that had been released to babes or to the children of God. See, Jesus wants to rejoice with joy because you current members of the family of faith get beyond yourself and start strengthening others. <laughs> I want to read just a, you know, praise God. Well, we're going to have to stop pretty quick because it's ice cream social night. And I love that, you know. I want you to know that when I first got saved, one of the things that really encouraged me, praise God, was that I was reading how Jesus was making fish on the, on the shore for the disciples. And I had gotten saved, and you know, the Lord had really fixed things for me, and I was rejoicing in that, and I said, man... I got joy now, I got peace now, I'm not violent anymore, I don't got no reason to be fearful, and I get to eat and fellowship. I said, praise God, this gospel is for me. <laughs> and I've hung on ever since, but I just want to tell you something, that sometimes we think that we just need to take care of our immediate family. Sometimes we think that we just need to take care of our church family. Sometimes we think that we only have to take care of the church family that's doing well and that's always here. But when Solomon prayed for the temple and the glory came in so thick that they could not stand, one of the prayers he made in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 was, Lord, I just don't pray for those that are a part of this that when they come here they can get an answer. He said, I pray for even the stranger. I pray for the people that don't even know you and aren't connected to you, that just when they come into the house, they could ask anything and you would hear and meet their need. Amen. 
Who praise God. See, I want you to know something, that I thank God that we have an atmosphere where we can be refreshed, but I pray that in your heart, you're praying for the unsaved, you're praying for the backslidden, and you rejoice with joy when someone comes through that door that you don't know yet, but you know they're here because God said, I'm sending my needy children and those in need of a physician to a safe place, and you are going to create an atmosphere for even the unsaved and the stranger to God be, to become part of the family of God. Amen? And it says right here in the Word that in Luke chapter 10, someone came, a lawyer it says, and he began to ask Jesus some questions. And in Luke chapter 10 verse 25, it says, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And the lawyer said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do and thou shalt live. But he willing to justify himself. Uh-oh, make excuses, step back, get out of accountability. I don't want to worry about me and my spouse, and that's it. I want to be worried about me and my children, and you know everybody else can fight their own fight and do their own thing. But it says here that he wanted to justify himself and said unto Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? Certainly can't be the person I don't know, and it certainly can't be the person that's drunk down the street, and it certainly can't be the person at work that gets on my nerves so much and cusses and fusses that I don't even want them to walk by me. It can't be any of those people. But the Bible says that Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead and he might have been in the ditch and I don't know if you know this or not but sometimes when people get knocked out they release bodily functions you know when someone's dying you know honestly sometimes they release bodily functions so this person could have been dirty in the sewer this person might not have been smelling that good at the time especially if it was out in the hot sun and by chance there came down a certain priest that way and when he saw him he passed by on the other side uh oh likewise a Levite hmm. when he was at the place came and looked on him and passed by on the other side if you don't know both of those people that I just read off represented Christians But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and sat him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him 
that fell among the thieves. You know, what's so amazing here is, is that, you know, we want to qualify our neighbor as just our family and, oh, they're our first neighbors. But then we want to qualify maybe our neighbor as the people we get along with and the friends we have. But I want you to know your neighbor is the stranger. I want you to know that sometimes you're put in your workplace so you can deal with your neighbor. Sometimes you live in a house with people next door to you that truly are your neighbor that needs picked up out of the ditch. Maybe they aren't physically beat up, but maybe the devil has really left them in the ditch by spiritually beating them up. You know, it's pretty amazing because I'm just going to tell you just a couple other things. We were in this fast this week. And as we were pressing in, you know, pastor looked at a, 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 another pastor there and he said, hey, do you know anybody that's backslidden? And of course the pastor said, oh yeah. And he said, you know, he said, if you or your people would reach out, he said, in fact, he just started asking us, how many of you know one person that's backslidden? Maybe five people that are backslidden. He said, you know, maybe if we would reach out to that person, you know, the Bible does say that if we would leave the 99 for the one, when we restored that one, we would really rejoice. You know, in your family, if you have five children and one were to get lost or kidnapped, the other four isn't enough without the one. Mm. And all of a sudden, if we lose that one, that loss of that one impacts the other four and that family for the rest of their lives. And the Bible says in Matthew 18, 12 through 14, that the Lord says, I would that not one would be lost. Praise God, I want to stir us because in that fast we kind of made a commitment that we would pick one of those backsliders and pray and fast for 30 days and as God speaks to us, reach towards them and just see what the Lord would do to rescue. So I want to open that up to you because if we would reach towards one backslider and what if half of us fail but half of us are successful? You know, I just want us to be praying and thinking about the times that we were rescued. I got to tell you, I would like to say that I've always been strong in my faith, but there's times where I made wrong decisions and I got discouraged and I would back up and people, you know, I'll never forget the times that people have come and said, hey, I fasted for you and prayed for you. And so I'm just going to ask us if we would to just think if we know one person that has fallen back and take this next 30 days and just open your heart up and ask God who we could rescue. You know, I joined with you on the fast on Thursday to 
believe God for the presence to just be increased in here. Well, I tell you what, if you would reach for one, I'm telling you, God's going to increase his presence. Because he certainly did when Solomon said, Father, I pray that even the stranger that we do not know, if they just come in this house and pray to you, they will receive an answer. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. I was just thanking people for their long-term faith tonight, for your consistency and for what you're giving God. Let's just take a minute and see if there's anybody in here. Is there anybody in here that's unsaved, that right before we go have ice cream, you want to make a commitment to the Lord tonight? The Bible says in John 1.12 that for any that would believe on the Lord's name, he gives them power to become the children of God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, first of all, God, I just pray, Father, that you would strengthen us to be rescuers. God, I just thank you in Jesus' name, Father, that you would cause us, God, to look beyond ourselves, Father. Lord, I thank you that as a family of faith, a, 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 a church of family, of faith, of relationship, and of rescue, Father, Lord, I pray that you would just show us who we could help this week, who we could pray, who, who we could touch, and who we could believe God for, Father. Lord, that you could increase all that you do, and that God, not one, not one would be lost. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And just real quick, it's ice cream social time. Amen. So we're just going to say a little prayer over the ice cream. Father, I thank you, God for this opportunity to fellowship, God, for what we're going to partake in. And God, most importantly, I thank you that as we share ice cream, Father, we're going to hear stories of faith. We're going to laugh. We're going to have joy. We're going to be strengthened. And God, you're just going to give us wisdom, God. You're going to help us love each other and touch lives. And Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.